Let the games begin. Hey, it's Rob. Before we get to today's show, I want to help. For anyone that wants to jump on a Zoom call and jam for 10 minutes, slide into my DMs. You can hit me up on any social media platform at Rob Cressy. If you have a question about mindset, habits, routines, entrepreneurship, something creative, podcasting, social media, or a new project you're working on, whatever it is, I'm willing to help by answering questions and jamming about it. Now is a time to create opportunities, so here's one for you. Hit me up if I can help. Help me. Help me, Rod. Help me help you. Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me on today's show is Dave Schmollinson, a.k.a. The Schmo. Dave, great to have you back on. Great to be back, Rob. How are you holding up, man? I am doing better than 99.9% of people out there. And it actually comes from uh, what we do as a creator and an entrepreneur over the last seven years. I've worked from home for 13 years. Uh, I've stared um, fear, inaction, distraction, toughness, and mountains in the face every single day for seven years to make my dreams happen. So this is just a new thing of adversity in front of me, even though I recognize it, but I'm so accustomed to just things stopping from where I want to get. So I'm plowing forward. Great mindset. Great to be able to think for yourself on the fly and roll with the times. Yes. So you were on the show one year ago, episode 283, talking about the process for pitching sports content, plus sharing lessons learned along your journey as a sports creator. And I love rooting for you and seeing the amazing things that you're doing on social. And I just wanted to get an update from you on what's happened in the last year, because it looks like your brand has been going to a whole new level. Definitely, man. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you for that. Has it been a year? Uh, maybe yeah, a year it. and change. Yeah, but a not year and much change. Correct. Floating around the year time. Wow. Well, a lot's happened. Well, my life completely changed in April. I had my first viral moment, or as I say in my world, first viral moment. Um, I would say about two years ago, um, as a content creator, a sports content creator, the genre I classify and as sports comedy with the Schmo character where I created while I was working for uh, a major network in USA Today. I branded this character. I trademarked it. I owned all my own content. I left that company April of 2017 and I had to find myself and I had to find my voice. I had to learn how to navigate in this digital media world we live in. And I think that's kind of where we left off. I had been grinding. I had found some success in sponsors I was slowly growing, not growing at the rate I wanted to grow, but I was keeping my head above water and making things work. Um, and around that time, obviously, I had pivoted to the fight game. I pivoted to the fight game from covering their, our traditional sports, Major League Baseball, NFL, and NBA, uh, because at fighters, you're only as good as your next fight, whether you're a combat sports fighter, MMA, or you're a professional boxer. Um, you're only as good as your next fight. And these guys and gals need as much promotion as possible. They don't have teams pumping out their messages for them, like in the NFL, NHL, and so on and so forth. So um, I always believed in my content. And um, 
I just needed other people to see my work. And that finally happened in April of 2019 um, at the press conference at UFC 236 in Atlanta. Um, I had the mic. I had the last question at a press conference. Everyone was watching around the world. And that's the great thing about combat sports. It's an international audience. Everyone got to see the schmo. I asked Dana White this incredible question about 165-pound weight division. It went viral. And um, I had just started dipping in the YouTube world, which we can get more into. Um, but at that time, I believe I had 1.8 thousand subscribers. And um, sure enough, a lot of people saw my content. Uh, prior to that time, Dana White had rejected me countless times for a one-on-one -on -one interview. The next day, he invites me for a one-on-one -on -one interview into his suite shack was there eating chicken wings, watch the whole thing go down. And my life's never been the same. Uh, to this point now I went from 1.8 thousand subscribers on YouTube at that time to almost a hundred thousand subscribers. Um, I hit over a hundred thousand, um, followers on YouTube. I started dabbling on TikTok recently, which has been pretty successful, but uh, long story short is I just believed in my content. I got people to finally see it. And then I just started cranking it out. Same guy, same character. Obviously I get better throughout time and, uh, I'm a happy camper. Here's what I love about this is the long-term process. It's crazy that like one day before you're doing the exact same thing, you're on your hustle, you're on the come up. You're like, man, I'm just going to keep doing, keep doing. And then the next day, fast forward two days and you're like, holy smokes, Batman, my entire life has changed. And I've always liked to say any day we could go viral with anything that we create or the relationship or the right eyeballs. I never expect to go viral. That's never the thing, but we always know with what we're doing, there's an element of shareability to what we create. So it's there, but I don't rely on it. So every single day you got to show back up and put in the work and you put in the work and you put in the work and you know that day after day after day for years. So for me, I've been doing it for seven years for bacon sports and you do get to a point where good things do start to happen. And you're so thankful for trusting the process as difficult as it may have been. Totally, man. It's tough. There were so many sleepless nights along the journey. And still, I, I, I have goals every single day that I want to achieve. I still feel like I'm fighting the major sports networks. And that's totally fine. But we live in this day and age where the internet is still the wild, wild west. And no one's an expert. And um, you just got to grind. You got to believe in what you do. You got to show up, like you said, be consistent, show the passion. And if you want it badly enough, you're going to be able to get it. And if you're the best at what you do, the results will follow. Yeah. And I would like to think that you and I can be some words of encouragement for others. I look out at the sports media landscape and one of the things that I know that I've done a good job of is understanding what's going on in the marketplace, in content. And it, it pains me when I see the number of media companies laying people off or going out of business and they're no longer able to do it. And then I see the people who have been laid off and it's almost like they're starting back at zero again, that they, they built all this equity for someone else. And they're like, Hey, I'm just a writer now. And I'm like, Oh my God, I couldn't imagine just going back down to zero there. And the thing that I realized is, all right, everyone keeps putting out all of this content and everyone wants to create content, 
but I had to have such a focus on the business of sports. How are you going to monetize this? So you and I, only one part of what we do is being great at creating content, but the business side of it is so equally important. And for me, the business side a large majority of the times, and even probably right now, has trumped the Rob creating brand from a content standpoint. And it was slowly like one step for each, like the Rob brand would be crushing. And then all of a sudden the bacon sports brand is getting more attention. And then Rob's brand and then the bacon sports brand. And it's just continually leveling up. And I wish that's something that everyone could realize is... You can be passionate about it. You can be great at it. You can love it. But you and I are both examples of grind, 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 grind. But you have to have business acumen in, inside of all of this. 100%. People just think you can start up. Uh, I mean, I know I inspire a lot of people with what I do, but they don't realize nuts and bolts. It's I run my own business. Like I can't create any content that I can't monetize. I'm not going to go for any interviews just the sake of interviewing an athlete. I need to leverage this as a business and how I'm going to be able to make money, how I'm going to be able to entertain. So uh, as a content creator, as you know, you write, produce, you edit, book your own talent. You, you wear seven, eight different hats. I call it the Swiss Army knife. Like a lot of these traditional organizations, they hire people who could just write, who could just edit. And in this day and age, you need someone who can do everything. You need like a five-star athlete, a five-tool athlete. Um, think of it in that terms because we both are covering sports, right? So I look at it as someone who could do multiple different things. And it sucks because you're right. A lot of great people are being laid off. But you know, in, th in this day and age, you have to have multiple skill sets. Um, you have to think for yourself, you know, um, owning your own brand is huge. Building the equity, that sweat equity in your own content, in yourself, that, that self-investment. Um, I mean, that's what we do, right? You and I are both good at self-investing and that is which, what is pivotal to success. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with a lot of the things you said right there and the business side of it is equally as important as the content side, and they both work hand-in-hand, -hand, especially with what I do. Yeah, and you nailed it, self-investment. And it's one of the things I saw very early on. I'm like, if I want to do great things, let me audit the success habits of the CEOs, CMOs, and people that I wanted to do things like. What are they doing? What are they thinking? What can I learn from them? Because passion in sports is sort of like it's par for the course. I expect you, if you're rolling up to me, to be amazing. I don't care who you are. Like That is sort of the MO for it, that the number of people who are five stars across the board, we're all competing, in theory, against each other. So you continually need to be leveling up and doing more and doing more and doing more. And I never really think about competition, but nonetheless, it is still there, and that's what gets me to continually invest in myself, even though it's in an invisible way where I don't necessarily see the growth from like a, if you're going to give you a Madden rating, like think about where we started, where... I started from zero. My background was in digital advertising sales. I knew I was a great creator. I knew I could do it in sports. But when you started into the industry seven years ago, my Madden rating is zero. No one knows me. I've never created 
uh, my own brand before, and I have no relationships in the world of sports. So I had to find a way to continually move my Madden rating up to where I am now, where all of a sudden I'm indexing in the 90% plus in everything. Yeah, no, it's totally true. Uh, it's, it's, and sometimes that process can be very, very slow, but that mental uh, fortitude, the mindset, uh, it's everything. And you have to just continue to grind and do that. And no, um, it's funny. I, someone who grew up playing Madden, I definitely can relate to your analogy and someone whose parents, uh, dad is a dentist, mom's a saleswoman. Like I didn't have any connections in sports and it's just something that wanted to do. And if, if, and I think I encourage everyone out there, if, if you want something bad enough, you got to go for it. You got to make sacrifices. And if you're the best at what you do and you persevere and you put in the time, um, good things will happen to you. You know, um, even growing up in Chicago and, uh, just my first real job in the real world, I paid to intern at Comcast Sportsnet Chicago, NBC Sports Chicago. I say I paid because I didn't get paid. And then driving from the suburbs to downtown, it's 20 plus dollars to park in the lot that was across the street near the bomber chocolate factory that just smells like chocolate and has rats infested that are just crawling around on the parking lot. You have to pay to park there and then still walk a few blocks in the cold or in the snow to get into the building where you are just trying to pay your dues just to be there and take on as many tasks as possible, not get paid just to show up, just to get your foot in the door in the industry. Like those are the types of sacrifices. That's the want, the desire, the need that, um, that people who want it bad enough are going to take it. And you know what I think about sometimes is the timeline. If someone were to say, and we're just going to remove everything from it, that someone can go from zero to what I've done so far with Bacon Sports in seven years with no experience in starting anything. What would that be impressive or how does that fit into the overall realm? Because one of the things is I didn't go to school at Syracuse as a communication major. I was actually, I had no job for a year and a half out of college. I was the opposite of what the overwhelming majority of the people who do this. So I think about the different paths of people jumping to South Dakota and then to Tulsa and then to Orlando and the different stuff. And they've got all this sports experience and they're trying to create this life for themselves. And they probably have 10 years experience before I even have zero. And then I think about the acceleration of you and I from a self-investment standpoint and the different mindset we had from being different of not taking the traditional path that everybody else did, where it's like, they pay their dues making 20 grand a year working in some place doing something they don't like. But then we just sort of like rocket shit, sh rocket shipped this, even though we didn't make a lot of money or any money for a long period of time, we did it in such a different way. And if this model is actually better than the old model, and I actually believe the answer is yes. 100%. But let's talk about that old model. This industry has been the same for decades. Think about when ESPN first started out, like 1979, this model of, okay, we have men behind the desks, older white guys, let's talk in sports here and there. And I could say this because we're both good looking white guys, relatively young, good looking white guys. But this industry has kind of been the same exact way for decades. 
and there's been one traditional model, hey, go to Syracuse University or a level of that nature for broadcasting school, try to top a 200, top 200 market when you land your first demo reel, send tapes here and there, you know, try to get into Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, uh, Dothan, Alabama, doesn't matter. Pick a market and um, and grind your way up, and you know good things happen. And and let's be real, it's not what you know. A lot of the times, it's who you know, and that's kind of been. And that's not the way just in sports. That's the way in most jobs. But we work in sports, so we can we can speak that way. And um, I said, screw it. You know, in this day and age, these this old model, these old executives can't keep up with this new digital marketing, this new digital age. They can't keep the internet. They need to adapt or they die. I say the same thing with Toys R Us. Toys R Us in the early 2000s, they didn't believe in the, in the internet. Um, and they let Amazon handle all their distribution fulfillment. You don't innovate, you die. And no industry is exempt from that. So, so you and I look at it from the standpoint is, okay, what's the emerging technologies? Sports and technology are always going to go hand in hand. It's like... Um, 10, 15 years ago, you wouldn't see Tom Brady holding an iPad looking at plays of, of, um, and interception stuff. Now, every quarterback, Tom Brady included, has an iPad on the sidelines after he throws an interception, after a series is over and whatnot. So they're adapting to the technologies. Who's going to adapt quicker than us? We are that age where we are growing up with what's adapting in the internet, and um, I'm going to be first. I'm not going to be last. Amen to that. So let's dig a little bit more into this specifically, because I believe there is one thing that would be a game changer to every single person out there, irregardless of what you want to do. And you know what that is? Being on video. So if you think about these smaller markets and things like that, it's like, oh man, I get to run the sports in Duluth or whatever. And at four in the morning, seven people are going to see me or whatever the number is but we all have the ability to build our personal brand every single day. And that's the thing that a lot of people fail to realize is they themselves are a brand, whether you're building the schmo or bacon sports, you as a person are also a brand and what's going to allow other people to know the value that you have, the insight, the education, the entertainment, whatever it is, you got to get that out there. And then you nailed it. You're like, you got to adapt or die. Well, where is everything going? Video, what gets the most organic reach? Video, what lets your brain heartbeat shine the most? Video, what helps you become a thought leader? Video, yet I look out there in the landscape and everyone's very casual to tweet. That's a piece of cake. But what's going to stand out? A tweet or a one-minute video? Definitely the video, but then you got to take it further because um, what is going to get traction to that video? And I use one word, authenticity. You cannot fake authenticity. You either are going to be authentic or you're not. And your audience is going to be able to pick up on that. So you might not have the audience, but you got to treat two people like you treat 20 people or like you treat 20,000 or 200,000. There can't be a difference. Authenticity is authenticity and you have to start somewhere. And so creating that video, which I completely agree with you, but showing authenticity, that to me is key. Yeah, and I think the challenge that people have is, but Rob, Dave, I've never been on video before. Why does anybody care what I have to say? Or I'm just not comfortable in doing it. So they let this fear barrier and they tell themselves why they can't do it. And I think back to a quote of what someone said to me, which was a game changer for my life and career. And they said, Rob, if you ever hope to get paid to do what you love, 
you better be doing it already. That's how you create 600 podcasts because I sat there at zero and I was like, all right, I want to be a sports creator. Brands are going to hire me to create sports. How can I talk about sports and show that I've done this before? And I'm like, all right, well, once a week, every Tuesday, I'm at, at minimum doing one podcast episode. And at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Let's also record video for this. And then I'm like, all right, well, would anyone ever hire me to do sports comedy? So I'm like, well, let me start creating some sports comedy videos. And you start doing that once a week and you just keep rinsing and repeating because I was never going to let the fear stop me. And I learned to get comfortable creating imperfect content because that's the next thing. God forbid you can get past the fact of turning that red light on. Now you have to be cool with, listen, it's not the most highly produced thing that you've ever seen there. That what you really need to do is build the muscle that when you see your phone and you have five minutes in between meetings, you're like, what's up? This is Rob, blah, 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 blah. And you jam out a quick video and all of a sudden you can rinse and repeat that. And for me, it's all about the process of it and getting used to and comfortable being on video. Yeah. Um, and that starts with yourself. Um, we're not perfect. We're all humans. We all put our pants on one leg at a time and you can't worry about what other people are going to think about you. <laughs> I mean, yes. And when, when it comes to monetization, I, I think of it from that standpoint, but I don't care if you like me or you hate me, but as long as you're talking about me, to me, that's the victory. Yeah. 100%. And that sounds almost like a macho man vignette. Oh, you just got to respect. <laughs> you don't got to love it, but you got to respect it. <laughs> just talk about it. Push me up in the algorithm. Write a comment. I don't care if it's just anything. Just put something down. It's going to help. And talk to me a little bit more about the YouTube side of things because it is a channel in which I've had a lot of experience with both with my, my brand and other brands there. And what are some things that you've learned throughout your journey? Because it's funny how you go from zero to, I think you said 13 or 1800 for the longest time. And like the work you put in just video after video. And then like one year later, it goes from 1800 to like a hundred thousand. And talk to me about that maturation on the YouTube side. Yeah, uh, man, I was so reluctant on YouTube for the longest time, you know, coming from my background as a consultant for uh, sports websites, you know, I always knew the value in video, I knew the value in CPMs, um, and brands uh, monetizing that video. And um, I always thought the best model for me is to get picked up for a network for the longest time, I'm relying on a network to rely on it. And I know a lot of the networks would just rely on JW players and these standalone players that they could just bring in some premium advertising and get um, high CPMs with specific brands to, to use as pre-roll before those videos. So I was so reluctant for the longest time. But then at the end, when I the, the turning point for me was when I finally started covering uh, mixed martial arts. And I had met my, my girlfriend, who's very successful on YouTube, who works in, uh, who worked at the time at local sports radio here in Las Vegas and still was able to be successful on YouTube. I go back to looking into it because everyone throughout this journey has always said YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Why would they always say YouTube, YouTube, YouTube? Well, because it is the number one video platform in the world. 
It still is. It is the number one for, for art everywhere. If you want digital video, YouTube is the number one platform. Uh, for better or worse, it's the number one platform. So you can't hide from it. And a lot of the traditional networks, you can see them now. You can see ESPN, Fox Sports, and everything. They're pumping their videos on YouTube because for the longest time they couldn't. So um, when it came to YouTube, I just was like, screw it. I got to be putting all my content on here. And um, you get good at it. There's a lot of keywords to use, um, especially when you're covering the combat sports, you know, like knowing the tag words and uh, like themes and stuff like that. You get good at it. It comes like a jigsaw and like a game. And uh, when it comes to YouTube, um, when I pivoted my attention to YouTube and I, I, I say bit the bullet and I went all into it, it, it was the best thing I could have ever done because it just gave me a home, a platform. I started looking at it. This is my video platform. And this is going to be my game changer. And then it just became and has become a staple of uh, monthly revenue for me. I love it. And I think about this and you just need to keep creating. I think that's one of the biggest pieces of advice that I would give to everyone. If you want to do it, create, 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 like don't stop. And I think there's a big distinction between spending all your time on social media and actually creating like a creator, like you and I would like, I write scripts for every show and every video that I do. There's a strategy behind what I do. I understand the process. You're talking about tagging. And some people are like, what are you talking about? Like we've had to learn everything about it in the way that I became an expert and landed clients at Bacon Sports was, I was the first client. I built Bacon Sports. So they're like, Rob, what have you guys ever done? And I'm like, I don't know. We published a thousand articles generating a million page views. We've published 700 videos and 600 podcasts. We might know a thing or two about this. 100%. So I, I, I laugh when people say, oh, they're, they're, oh, what am I? I'm an expert. I'm a social media expert and everything. I'm like, look, I built a brand from scratch. I reach 1.5 million views every week right now. All right. Like I know what it takes. I know the sacrifices. I don't go around prancing saying, oh, I'm a social media expert or anything like that. No, I'm, I'm the schmo. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a content creator, but like there's, there is no better Guinea pig. There's no better way to learn than trial and error. I firmly believe that. And if you are willing to throw yourself in the fire and then you live to see the results, then you have the right to, to consult or to tell people, hey, I could do X, Y, and Z. Not take an established brand and, and get hired for them and they already have a huge platform and following and then you just don't you still add to it a little bit. You know, if you, if you get hired by a major network as a social media person and you add value to it, sure, you're, you're, you, you have an expertise, of course, but does that give you more of an understanding or value than someone who started from ground zero and just throw themselves in the fire and found a way to get out and build from there? You know, it always makes me laugh is thinking about the day of getting resources for the number of times that you and I have written the script, shot it, lighted it ourselves, edited it, published it, SEO'd it, then put it back onto social media and then multi-purpose channeled it as opposed to just being, imagine just showing up to the show and doing what you do best. And that's what everybody thinks that like we're going to get to. It's like, oh yeah, that's what it's really like. But you got to learn how to do everything to hope that you can get to the point where you have a team behind you, where you can actually do your best. And I think 
that's actually one of the biggest challenges in all of this is there's so much going on in your head and things that you may not want to do. Let's call it process oriented stuff. You love the being on camera, being funny, creating, connecting, but you don't necessarily like SEO and creating thumbnails and all of these different things, but it is so important to the overall process that you can't be so romantic that you're only a host and you don't do anything else. You learn to love the process. Who goes to the gym and just says, oh, I love leg day. You know, you have to work legs in order to get the results throughout the other body. Your legs are the biggest muscles in your body. So then if you want to look good and get stronger shoulders, biceps, triceps, better pecs, lats, you name it, and core, build those legs. You need to hit leg day. Same application to content creating. You got to learn to love SEO. You will learn to love SEO. You got to learn to love little intricate intricate little details in order to showcase what you do best. I used to get so mad in my early and mid twenties when I had these big networks used to play around with me. They would bring me into these big meetings and I said, look, and every time I felt like I had my hands tied behind my back. And it's like, look, if you just gave me an opportunity to show you what I could do, I've, I've like not even scratched the surface of my content creating potential. I have to wear this hat, this hat, hat, that. If only I could focus on two or three things rather than focus on six or seven things, I could show you this. It, will, it always fell on deaf ears. No one gave two shits. Sorry, I don't want to. Nah, do your thing. I don't know if I'm allowed to Yeah, say. you're good. It's okay. Okay. No one cared. No one cared about your sob story, your process, your, your whatever. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to do it better. So now I'm at a point where I've reached a point especially in the past year, it's like, I don't care about doing those little things. I, I don't care. I, every day I get better, 1% better every single day. You know, I get better every single day. And even doing those little things has only made me better overall as a content creator. It's only made me smarter, wiser, efficient, much more efficient. And you just learn to enjoy the journey. You know why I know that I'm great at what I do? Because most people don't realize how thankful we are for what we do. When you do get that one opportunity, everybody else may be like, oh, it's just one podcast. And I'm like, can you believe I'm hosting a sports betting podcast for a gigantic publisher right now? I'm going to give everything like this is the opportunity because when you're in the flow and you're in the mix, you're always wanting to stay there. And I've seen clients and opportunities come and go like three times in my journey of building bacon sports, I've landed what I would call a dream client where you said, oh my God, I've made it. This is when we start to build this thing up. And three times that client has gone away through no fault of my own. So it's like, oh Rob, you've got this dream and this thing that you love and you're having the best time. And every day you wake up and you're like, I'm so thankful for what I'm doing. And then one day, very similar to what we're experiencing right now with sports not being on. It's just gone. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe the thing that I had. So when you get it again, you're like, I am going to be the freaking best because you don't realize how thankful I am for being here, for loving this opportunity, because it has taken seven years of things that no one else saw to get to this moment. Definitely. And that's, uh, that's worth the journey. <laughs> So let's end on this. Is it worth the journey? Only you can decide. And I'm waking up every single day 
and it doesn't even feel like work. Aside from what we're going through right now, obviously this sucks, but I'm my own boss. I don't have a traditional nine to five where I roll in. I, I, I eat what I kill in the sense that um, I, I, what I make every month is by the effort I put into it. And I love that. I absolutely love that. You know, Helen and I, uh, my girlfriend, we live together. We both cover MMA, right? We are traveling to every single UFC or Bellator or a big boxing event we can. You know, obviously we've had to delay these trips now because sports are canceled, but we're traveling two or three times a month, you know, building uh, equity uh, with airline miles, right? Um, and just building equity and being there, being a part of these humongous sporting events, creating a lot of different content and just I can anticipate what I make each month based off of what I'm creating, which sponsors that I'm currently wor- are working with want more, which new sponsors want to work with, and it's a beautiful thing. And you know, I can work seven days straight, eight days straight, and take four days off if I want to. I never do, but every day feels like an, a new adventure, and I get to make my own hours. I it doesn't even feel like work, and so it's 100% worth it to me. And if you get to that point where you just Find what it is that you love to do. It doesn't feel like work at all every day. Because you're living your life. And the thing that you need to realize as you're going through this journey is that there's not a mountaintop where you plant your flag and you're like, I finally made it. Even though we can feel that is the journey of every single day because you got to live moment by moment and be like, you know what? I'm creating this podcast right now. So now identify with that. I am a sports podcaster. I am a content creator. And now you're doing the thing. The only difference is someone's not like, here's a check for 10 grand, but you got to earn that. And the more that you can do that and you're right, you're like, I could take four days off. Well, guess what? I've taken zero days off in seven years because why would I take a day off from this life that I love that I'm building because I left the past life where I wasn't doing what I love and now I'm doing what I love. So you see your entire life in a completely different perspective because you're now in control of every single aspect. And that's a beautiful thing. Amen to that. Dave, I love jamming with you. I love rooting for you. I love seeing your success because I know everything that's gone into it. Where can everybody connect with you? I appreciate that. Yeah, please follow me on social media at the schmo 312 on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. I'm on there now. Uh, Facebook at the schmo, my YouTube channel, the schmo. Um, check out the schmo zone podcast. We launched that right after Super Bowl in February, behind the scenes look through at sports through heart and hustle. Helen and I uh, do that every week. Um, the schmo zone podcast. Uh, the and then schmo zone so schmo add zone to it and uh yeah reach out i'll communicate with you as best as i can and i appreciate all the support and i want to hear from you what is holding you back from creating what you want to create in the world is there something that dave or i can help you with do you have a question an insight something where our experience we can give you some knowledge or a boost of inspiration. You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. Maybe that was money. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sports Marketing Huddle, the number one thing you can do to support us is tell your friends about it. We believe in organic growth, and if you get value out of the free podcast we deliver, then we'd appreciate if you share on social media. 
If you're looking for some creative sports marketing resources, you can sign up for my newsletter at robcressy.com. I drop bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to get your juices flowing.